Flying Kites by Anonymous Coffee Break Collection 28 Hobbies This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Flying Kites who has not flown a kite and rejoiced to feel the pull on the string as the wind got a fair hold on it? Surely at some time or another every reader of this book has had the satisfaction of standing with his back to the wind and paying out string to the last inch. What a disappointment when this point is reached and the kite can go no higher. Like a good many other toys, kites have been put to a useful purpose by grown-up men and if the boys in past years had not adopted them as a pastime, it may well be doubted whether the aeroplanes of the present day would ever have been invented. If you want to understand aeroplanes, you cannot do better than try to understand kites, and as everyone nowadays needs to take an intelligent interest in his surroundings, you will not object to a little hard thinking of this sort. Moreover, when once a difficult problem is understood, there is as much satisfaction as in winning a race. First, then, notice that there is a pull on the string, and that this pull is one of the forces that keep the kite in the air. Secondly, since every body has weight, and weight is a force of attraction between the body and the earth, there is a force acting downwards. Thirdly, there is the force produced by the wind blowing upon the kite's surface, and these are all the forces concerned in maintaining the kite aloft. Now the weight is constant, and can be found once and for all before the kite is sent up. The tension in the string can be measured by first ascertaining how much an inch of rubber cord is stretched by different weights and then inserting the cord in the string and noting the increase in length. But the force of the wind you cannot measure. However, this does not matter, because any calculation that could be based on it would be of very little value. Let us concentrate our attention on the pull on the string. If you haul in the string, what happens? The kite moves towards you and rises. If you pay out string, the kite moves away from you and falls. The pull on the string may therefore be regarded as consisting of two parts, one acting upwards against the weight and the other acting horizontally against the wind. The first is called lift and the second drift. As the weight is the same all the time, every change in the force of the wind has to be met by taking in or paying out string that is, by increasing or decreasing the tension in it. Suppose now the force of the wind increases. The string becomes tighter. Part of the tension in it is given up to preventing the kite from being blown away, and part, now greater than the weight, lifts the kite higher. If the strength of the wind decreases, the string becomes slacker and that part of the force in it which has previously been equal to the weight now becomes less and the kite falls. All these effects are complicated by the fact that the kite can change its inclination to the wind, and the use of the tail is to give it such an angle that the greatest amount of lift is secured. 
if the tail is too light the lower end of the kite rises and the wind glides by instead of supporting it if the kite is vertical the drift is at its greatest value and the lift at its lowest as the lower end rises the drift decreases while the lift increases though when a certain angle is passed the lift begins to decrease again a very little experience will show that a large kite takes a good deal more holding than a small one a wind of a certain velocity twenty thirty or forty miles an hour exerts a definite pressure on a square inch and the larger the surface upon which it acts the greater is the amount of lift obtainable on this account box kites which were invented by an australian named lawrence hargrave in eighteen eighty four are much more effective for their size than those of the ordinary form in a wind of a definite strength they will rise more freely and they will go up more easily in a lighter wind a large kite especially one of the box form will easily lift a man and the british army made many experiments with a view to using them instead of balloons for scouting the late s f cody the famous aviator was a great believer in their use and held an official position in the royal aircraft factory in connection with them on one occasion he crossed the channel from calais to dover in a small boat drawn through the water by a man-lifting kite at high altitudes the wind is much steadier than near the ground everybody knows that the chief trouble in kite flying is to get the thing to go up when once it is up it stays there as long as the wind holds and the string is not hauled in end of flying kites